Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 24th of November. In breaking news this morning from overseas, as a deadly fourth COVID wave sweeps across Europe, the World Health Organisation is warning the death toll could top 2 million by March next year. The number of people now dying every day from COVID in Europe has doubled since the end of September to around 4,200. Back home now, an independent Senator Jackie Lambie says she may have to change her phone number after copying vile abuse and threats over her opposition to One Nation's push for vaccine mandates. Ms Lambie has accused a One Nation senator of leaking her private details. The outspoken senator has also levelled explosive comments at Prime Minister Scott Morrison, accusing him of failing to deliver on a number of key election promises, including a federal integrity commission. People are looking at you. They're sick of your lies. They're sick of you not putting up. They're sick of you not delivering. You do not deliver. You are finished in the next election. You're gone. I can tell you. Meantime, security has been stepped up for the WA Premier, who has received more death threats over the state's COVID vaccine mandate. Two men are accused of leaving a number of threatening messages on Mark McGowan's phone at the weekend. Here is the WA Premier. These sorts of threats, intimidation, violence, extremism uh, is dangerous, it's unhelpful and it's not going to change anything the government does. Meantime, there is some good news for families and tourists wanting to visit Queensland, with the state backflipping on its controversial COVID test rule. Visitors would have been forced to pay around $150 for a PCR test to get a certificate before entering the state. But now Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has confirmed you will now only need a text message to prove you've tested negative 72 hours before entering Queensland, either by air or road. And detectives in Victoria are interviewing a former Jetstar pilot over the disappearance of two campers in the Victorian high country. The Caroline Springs man was arrested by heavily armed officers on Monday after what police are calling a major breakthrough in the case. Russell Hill and Carol Clay vanished from the Wanagata Valley in March last year. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews says he is feeling for the families. It's been a very difficult couple of years for, for all of us. Some of these tragedies happen, what what may well be a tragedy, you know, it just brings home the things that matter, matter most, and it's safety. That's so, so important. Nothing else matters if you're not safe. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To New South Wales, where face masks could remain mandatory in some settings, even after the state hits the 95% double vaccination target. Our reporter Michaela Savage has the details from Sydney. That's right, Tash. Health officials are reportedly pushing for us to stay in masks for even longer in certain settings, such as shops. They're worried about relaxing the rule with fears COVID cases will spike in the Christmas shopping rush leading to super spreader events. Our health minister, Brad Hazard has told The Telegraph it's understandable they want to reduce that risk, especially considering how in Europe infections are again skyrocketing. The COVID subcommittee is set to hold discussions about mask requirements tomorrow. And the Northern Territory and a COVID cluster in the top air now sits at 40 cases. The Territory yesterday extended Catherine's lockdown orders as they try and get on top of this latest outbreak. Our reporter Talisa Bazaz has the details. 
Good morning, Tash. Well, three new cases were detected yesterday, including a baby who's in hospital in a stable condition. All are close contacts of a known case with five people now receiving treatment in hospital for COVID in the Royal Darwin Hospital. Chief Minister Michael Gunner says testing remains crucial and for as when lockdowns will end. Catherine will have to be in some form of lockdown or lockout until the 4th of December to the end of next week. That doesn't mean the whole period will be a lockdown. We will transition to a lockout at some point. I cannot give you any more comfort on when that will be yet. 460 close contacts have been identified by health authorities. So far, 406 have returned a negative results. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. A new report has shown the staggering amount of food Australians are wasting every year. Yeah, look, it's Rabobank's annual food and farm report, and it is staggering. $10.3 billion annually is what ends up in the bin. Now, that's enough, according to them, to, to feed 1.1 million households, or roughly every household in Brisbane. And per household, Tash, that works out to be about $1,038 that we're throwing in the bin in food wastage. And overall, the report found that our household spending on food increased year on year by around $20 meaning that the average food grocery bill, so that's just food, is about $178 per week per household. And the results show that the more you spend, the more you waste. Now, Aussies who spend over $300 a week on food waste almost 17% of their grocery shop. That's about 5% more than what the average is. And if you want to know what we're throwing out, you probably don't need me to remind you, but it's veggies, fruit and bread. They're kind of the most likely ones to end up in the actual bin. And surprisingly, simple things like, a, you know, using a shopping list, eating leftovers, planning your meals and saving and just planning that way can save as much as $1,548 annually. And the numbers here were calculated by comparing those households that do that to those that don't. Uh, also today, Effie, there's some interesting new data about buy now, pay later. We know it's booming right across the world, but some interesting data shows that for purchasers, if they do offer that buy now, pay later service, they're more likely to get people spending more. Yeah, look, it's from Big Commerce, and the report was done really to help retailers give better online experiences to their customers and, and no doubt boost their sales. And as you just pointed out, it shows that almost three quarters of respondents say that they will spend more on a single online purchase if a website offers a buy now, pay later at a, check, at a checkout. And this is just really a timely reminder, um, given that we're coming into the silly season, of what impact does buy now, pay later have on your credit score? There's a lot of confusion uh, around that for, for consumers. And just to remind you, a credit score is basically a number that sums up your information on your credit report. It lets lenders know just how trustworthy you are as a borrower. And the reason why there is confusion about what is reported when it comes to buy now, pay later is that not all buy now, pay laters conduct credit checks. So, um, you know, only the information from those that do will be recorded on your credit report. Now, individual transactions aren't reported. So, for example, let's say you're going to go out and buy a new dress using buy now, pay later. That's not reported on your credit history. However, repayment history, like making the repayments that fall due, are now being included by some credit agencies like Equifax. And they've confirmed that, yes, it does go part of your credit score. Of course, if you default, the default will be recorded on your credit history and that will impact your credit score.
Always important to check the terms and conditions. Thanks so much, Effie. Thanks, Tash. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, Tim Payne is now in a world of pain after a failure with the bat yesterday. Good morning, Tash. Yeah, he was solid behind the stumps with the gloves, taking uh, six wickets. But when it came to batting, fell for just one, uh, playing for a Tassie second 11. So a long way away from, uh, of course, any sort of international quality of bowling. And George Bailey was watching. He is the chairman of selectors and has a long association with Payne as former teammates at Tasmania and business partners. They co-own a gym together in Hobart. So obviously there's a conflict of interest there. And he's revealed to a podcast how he'll handle the toughest selection decision of the Ashes. If the panel was not in a grants of Tim's position and it was going to come down to a vote, then I would I would step aside and, and leave that mm-hmm. to, to Tony and, and Justin. Now, the bat-off between South Australia's Travis Head and Queensland's Usman Khawaja has been put on hold. It's due to complaints from Bulls batsman about the safety of the Sheffield Shield pitch in Adelaide. Aussie batsman Manus Labashain was struck on the thumb. Throws his bat down on the surface while Ashes squad member Jai Richardson snared four wickets for WA against Tassie. And Tash, the WBBL finals begin tonight. We have the Eliminator at the Adelaide Oval, the Strikers against the Heat. And Brett, hundreds of nervous teenagers are hoping their names are called out during the AFL draft tonight. Yeah, runs over two nights. Tonight we get the first round of the draft. We'll hear some famous surnames being read out tonight as well. And we spoke to the AFL's talent ambassador, Kevin Sheehan. Nick Dacos, the son of one of the legends of the game, Peter Dacos, the Collingwood champion, and Sam Darcy, the son of Luke Darcy, a Western Bulldogs champion in his day. They're two of the uh, the prospects will go in the top five, no doubt. And Jason Horn francis is a talented team from South Australia. He is likely to go with pick one. North Melbourne holds that pick. And he also thinks that Fremantle will do well this time around. The Dockers have three picks in the top 20. And the Dolphins have been warned they're being used as pawns for players to get pay rises. Yeah, Triple M's Mark Geyer believes that's what's happening at the moment, that uh, agents are putting it out there that their players are keen on the Dolphins just to get a pay rise at their current clubs. Tino Faasua Malawi, the latest player that the NRL's new boys have missed out on, the star prop re-signing on a long-term deal with the Titans till 2026, reportedly on less money than what he could have got at the Dolphins. Uh, MG says some of the interest may not be genuine. What they're doing is they're using it as some type of leverage but against their current club, and I think Regan Kenwood-Gillard did that perfectly. Hey, there's no rhyme or reason to say you shouldn't be doing that, mm. but, but they've got to be careful the Dolphins that they don't chase every person of, of note because they'll just be knocked back. They won't get that confidence they need. Look, it's been four or five weeks. They need to make a kill. They need to make one soon. They certainly need a big fish, Tash. And talking about big fish, Ash Barty, how good is Ash Barty? And now she's engaged. She is. She's won the biggest match of her career to love, not on the tennis court, as you've <laughs> mentioned there. She announced on social media uh, yesterday that uh, she is engaged to her long-term partner, Gary Kissick. Uh, she revealed that on Instagram and uh, shared a photo. You could see the ring visible on her finger and the mm. caption was future husband. So well done to Ash and Gary this morning. Love all. <laughs> That's a better line. Thanks, Tash. <laughs> Thanks so much, Brett. <laughs> and we're being told to brace for a wet summer. The Weather Bureau is forecasting a La Nina weather event for the second summer in a row, many more rain and storms. Head of Climate Services, Dr Andrew Watkins, says it will reduce our bushfire risk. At least in terms of those big wildfires that we saw a few years ago, the risk is reduced But in terms of grass fires, we've had some great vegetation growth, some great grass growth 
over the spring. Unfortunately, that will dry out over the summer, so we do see an increased risk of grass fires. And there are also some concerns the weather event will increase the risk of flooding and tropical cyclones. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.